You got to chill. The chill, the chill, the chill. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings.com, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. And isn't that music clip very, very appropriate? It's called You've Got to Chill. You got to chill by EPMD from back in the 80s. And I just wanted to put that clip on. This is for my my Laker fans. Love my Laker fans out there in L.A., baby. But you got to chill. You got to chill. The big game last night against Golden State that the Lakers pulled off 103 to 100. As I'm looking at the Twitter post, the Laker fans were just going nuts. They were ready to fire the coach. They were ready to get rid of certain players. These players are bums. The Lakers are bums. I mean, the vitriol was going back and forth. And what happens? The Lakers prevailed 103 to 100. It wasn't a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. But it was one of those games where the Lakers were hanging in there in the first half. And uh, you kind of got a sense that they were going to pull this game out. Now, in my analysis of this game that I'll get to in a moment, There were some ups and downs. There are some players that definitely have to play better. And I will talk about that in a moment. And uh, I'm just going to go down the line and and, and analyze some of these guys, starting with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Andre Drummond, all the way down to Coach Frank Vogel. So, again, a good victory by the Lakers, 103-100, that allowed them to secure the number seven seed in the Western Conference. But before I get to my analysis, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. 
right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. So, again, uh, the Lakers 103-100 victory over Golden State, securing that number seven spot. And let me see if I can break this particular game down for you all uh, on a team basis and also on a individual basis as well. As far as that first half goes as a team, the Lakers played horribly in the first half. There's no doubt about that. No getting around that. It looked like Golden State was the more active team. Uh, looks like they it looked like they were hustling a little bit more. Looks like they wanted this game a bit more than the Lakers did in that first half. The Lakers just did not have it. It looks like looked like they were just sleepwalking out there for lack of a better term. At one point in that first half, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Dennis Schroeder were a combined, I would say something like five out of 30, something ridiculous like that. I mean, it was unreal watching that performance. But at no point in that first half, at least me personally, I thought that the Lakers were going to lose this game. As bad as they were playing in that first half, I believe they were down by as many as say 11 or 13 points in that first half, which uh, on a team like the Lakers, or if you have that type of lead over the Lakers, 13 points is not insurmountable at all. I just had that feeling that the Lakers were going to come back and win this game once they decided to clamp down and play some defense on Golden State in the second half, and they were going to come back and win this game. Uh, by all accounts, they went into the locker room at halftime and was read the riot act by Jared Dudley and also uh, Keith Morris, who uh, surprisingly did not even play in this game. But the Lakers came out in the second half and, and they put that number one defense of mindset on the floor. And then they just they, they pretty much I'm not going to say they dominated Golden State down the stretch, but they put their defensive will on them and. And came out victorious. Now on an individual basis. In that first half. Anthony Davis just did not play well. I don't know if Draymond Green was in his head. Uh, a lot of Lakers fans. Uh, were, were talking about that. Uh, I was on the. Uh, Laker Nation. Uh, Clubhouse. Audio app. On the Clubhouse app. And uh, they were just really really on Anthony Davis. And, and Draymond Green may have been in his head. You know, I'm from originally from Detroit, Michigan. And, of course, Draymond Green is from Saginaw. And Draymond Green is one of those players that uh, if he's not on your team, you just don't like the guy. The only, the only uh, uh, NBA fans across this country that probably likes Draymond Green are the Golden State Warrior fans. And folks like myself who are from Detroit, either Detroit, Flint, or Saginaw. You know, it's nothing that you can say about our guys that come from around the Michigan area. You know, Draymond Green is sort of like the Bill Lambeer type of player. You just love to hate the guy, but I tell you what, you would love to have him on your team. And he picked up a technical foul in the first half, and, and I believe Draymond Green on uh, some occasions, he gets those technical fouls on purpose, lets the other player know, hey, my head's in the game, and I'm going to be coming after you. And he may have been inside Anthony Davis's head. And Davis played a horrible, horrible first half. Really, really bad. Uh, he was he was jacking up threes, you know, clanking them off the rim. And Anthony Davis is the type of player. Now, he, he's really not 
I would not call him a strictly post up player. Of course, he has more skills than that. But if your three point shot is not falling, then, you know, you're six eleven. You know, maybe you should go down in the post. Challenge Draymond Green down in the post. You know, don't 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 let him get to you like that. Challenge him down there. You know, you're a very good player. You're Anthony Davis. You're a top seven, you know, no worse than 10 player in the NBA. But in the first half, he just did not have it along with some of the other Lakers. LeBron James, he did not have it in the first half. Now, as far as LeBron James goes, it looked like he was favoring that ankle in the first half. He just didn't look himself. He didn't have that lift when he was driving to the basket. I want to say his shot was blocked. May have been like three times. And he just didn't seem like he had that lift that he would normally have. Just didn't have that finishing touch around the basket that he normally has and he did not have a good shooting first half himself and Andre Drummond uh I'm I'm not sure what's going to happen from this point forward but uh Andre Drummond apparently uh is not the guy or was not the guy in this Golden State series and probably because Golden State they really don't have any big bigs sort of like Andre Drummond now in the in the upcoming series against the Phoenix Suns when they have DeAndre Ayton out there then Drummond may be more effective but in this particular game here a lot of fans were clamoring for Mark Gasol who also did not play uh they were clamoring for Mark Gasol to get in this game as he would be able to space the floor a little bit more or a lot more than say what Andre Drummond could when Andre Drummond gets into that lane and then they throw the ball to him in the post and he's never been a post-up player with a bunch of offensive moves like that. He takes a couple of dribbles. You know, he dribbles the ball down low. Guards are swiping at the ball. They'll knock it out of his hands. He has those very small hands for a big guy. And he just clogs up the lane. And when he's in there against certain matchups, and that would be a team like Golden State, uh, the offense just doesn't flow as efficiently as with, say, a Mark Gasol in the game. So Frank Vogel recognized that, and Drubbin's minutes uh, significantly dropped in the second half. He only played 17 minutes in this particular game. Now, the the player that, that all of us Laker fans are concerned with is Dennis Schroeder. He had uh, an unbelievable, horrible, horrible game. He was only 3 out of 14 from the field. One of six from three-piece land. He was minus 20 while on the floor. Minus 20. Now, get this. The the player that, was, that, that came the closest to that was KCP at minus seven. Minus 20 of all the Laker players. He was horrible. When he was on the floor, Golden State had the most success. Uh, there were some points in that game where a shooter was trying to guard uh, Steph Curry, and that just wasn't happening. He was roasting him, roasting Schroeder. And then what did the Lakers do? What did Frank Vogel finally decide to do was bring in uh, Caruso to uh, take the place of Schroeder. And Caruso played a very, very good game. He ended up with 14 points on 6 out of 12 field goals. Uh, KCP had a, a pretty pedestrian game. He was 3 out of 5 uh, for 10 points. But uh, he wasn't, you know, like a liability on the floor like Schroeder was. But going back to Dennis Schroeder, 
I think that contract piece is finally getting in his head now. It almost looked like he was trying to prove something on the floor, you know, driving to the basket, you know, one on three, you know, getting a shot blocked a few times. And um, he just didn't have it. And and I'm thinking again, I mentioned this in uh, one of my previous episodes sometime in the middle of the season or toward the end um, about Dennis Schroeder and that contract that he reportedly turned down from the Lakers, which was a four-year, $84 million deal that he supposedly turned down. Now, Dennis Schroeder, by all accounts, thinks he's worth more than that. Maybe he thinks he's a five-year, $125 million guy, but uh, he's not going to get that. You know, and not after performances like that, he's not. He may not even get the four-year, $84 million uh, uh, piece that he wants. Going three for 14 like that, one of six from three-piece land. It's just not going to work out for him uh, seeking out that much money. So it looks like, again, that his his mind was just on something else. And maybe that contract situation is weighing on him right now. Because the Lakers, you know, after they uh, extended that offer of 4 and 84 and he turned that down, um, by all accounts, talks uh, must have bogged down because there was no more news about negotiations with Schroeder. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. And from what it looks like right now, Dennis Schroeder uh, could possibly be on another team next year, especially if he continues to play like this. You know, hopefully L.A. Laker fans, uh, you know, if they win a ring, of course, Schroeder would get a ring. But his contribution from here on out in the playoffs is going to be really, really interesting to see. Is uh, Vogel going to um, take some of those minutes away from Schroeder? and give more minutes to uh, Caruso, uh, that that remains to be seen. Uh, Wesley Matthews came in in this particular game. We all know Wesley Matthews is not a, an adept scorer. He only scored three points. It was a big three-point shot, though. But he was plus 17 on the floor while he was on the floor. He plays very, very good defense. He's a, he's a very, very tough player, veteran guy. And, um, you know, he did not disappoint while he was on the floor, even though, even though he only scored three points. So, again, Dennis Schroeder, um, we'll see. We'll see moving forward uh, how Frank Vogel uses you in these playoffs. Now, speaking, speaking of Coach Frank Vogel, uh, again, the L.A. basketball fans, man, they were all over Frank Vogel. And for the most part, I can see why some of his rotations uh, for his players you know, for offensive uh, uh, rotations. And, you know, he's a defensive type of coach. There's no doubt about that. But his rotations, as far as offense goes, um, it's kind of suspect. I will say that. Again, Markeith Morris did not play at all. I thought if they brought him in, you know, he would be able to space the floor out a little bit. He's not the best shooter in the world, but he's certainly not the worst. And, you know, if you got, you know, Drummond just wasn't, wasn't getting the job done. Schroeder wasn't getting the job done at all. Uh, you know, you can look to a guy like Markeith Morris, a veteran guy, veteran presence. He can get you a few rebounds. He's a, a adequate defender, and he can hit some shots. But Vogel decided not to put him in the game. Again, Mark Gasol, who you guys know I'm not the biggest Mark Gasol fan, but I did mention in prior episodes that even though I thought Drummond would, would be the perfect piece for the Lakers, in their quest for their 18th championship. And, you know, I did say Mark Gasol would still have a role in the playoffs. And in that game last night, 
it was probably the perfect situation to put him in. Now, you know, you know second guessing is easy. You know, Monday morning quarterbacking is easy. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, all of those idioms and all of that stuff. But again, you know, Marcus Gasol could have played a role in that game last night. You know, we can say, well, you know, hey, the Lakers won the game one hundred to one hundred. So what do you have to complain about? Okay, it was a one-game series against Golden State, uh, a depleted Golden State team. They did not have Klay Thompson. If Klay Thompson was in this game, Lakers may not have won this. Okay, that's flat out. They had the other half of the Splash Brothers. The Lakers may have lost this game, but they did win the game. So the first half, that's kind of the way it went. Now the second half, of course, that's when the Lakers woke up. Again, they went to the locker room, and apparently Jared Dudley, you know, the uh, kind of reminds me of ML Carr. Remember ML Carr from back in the day, back in the Boston Celtics days, when he used to wave the white towel on the bench, just cheering the guys on. That's who Jared Dudley reminds me of. He's just sitting at the end of the bench, collecting a nice paycheck and collecting some rings. I'm not mad at you, brother. Not mad at you. But apparently he's a guy that when you get into the locker room, you know, he gets into your face. And from the reporters' accounts and all other accounts, that's exactly what he did. And the Lakers in the second half, came out with a purpose. They came out with a mission. They came out and played like Golden State was playing in the first half. The Lakers did not want to lose this game and then have to go and play the uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies uh, for the number eight spot. And the winner of that would end up playing the number one seed, Utah Jazz. So the Lakers wanted to win this game. And they came out in the second half like they wanted to win this game. Going back to Anthony Davis in the second half, he was much better for the entire game. He ended up 10 of 24 from the field, only one of six from three piece land. Again, I mentioned that he was, you know, shooting that three piece, you know, like he was Steph Curry or somebody, but it just wasn't falling. But he lit, he did lead the Lakers in scoring eventually in this game with 25 points. He also had 12 rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of steals, had a block shot. He played very well in the second half. He, he woke up. Whatever was going on with them in the second half, whether it was Draymond Green getting into his head, well, in the second half, you know, he took Draymond Green out of his head and Anthony Davis played like Anthony Davis. And again, some of the Laker fans that were clamoring for him to go inside, I, I get that. I get that. But, you know, just because a guy is 6'11", like Anthony Davis, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, he's a he should be a dominant inside player. Anthony Davis is more like a finesse player. Yes, he can go inside on certain matchups, uh, depending on who they're playing. But Anthony Davis is more f of a finesse player. You know, there's a lot of games when Anthony Davis is shooting that three piece ball very, very well. You know, and I don't hear any complaints when he's when he's hitting them. And, you know, in some of those games where instead of being one for six, he's four out of six. You know, all I hear then is, boy, Anthony Davis, the guy's 6'11", he's great. He can even shoot the three-piece ball. But the minute he starts missing, and then you hear, well, he needs to go down low. He's a, he's a big, he's 6'11", or 7 feet, whatever he is. He needs to go down low. He's a big fella. Doesn't necessarily work like that all the time. Again, it all depends on matchups. But in this particular game, it would have served him well to go down low a little bit more. But that's up to the coach. Frank Vogel, he's the one calling the plays. He's the one calling the shots. If you want Frank, I mean, if you want Anthony Davis to go down low, you know, you, coach, you need to tell him that. So uh, at that second half, he did get a lot of his baskets in the paint. 
you know, courtesy of some uh, uh, drives to the basket by uh, Caruso, who, again, played very, very well. Anthony Davis was a recipient of um, some nice passes in the lane by Caruso and, of course, LeBron James. And uh, he got a lot more of his points inside the paint in the second half than, of course, he did in the first. Uh, LeBron James, he played like the GOAT. He played like the GOAT. Everyone saw the shot that he made uh, with about 58 seconds left to put the Lakers up by three. And that was right after LeBron James took a hard foul from uh, from my guy Draymond Green. Draymond Green from Saginaw, Michigan, baby. Kind of poked LeBron James in the, in the eye a little bit. The referees were looking to see if that would have been a flagrant foul, but uh, I've seen uh, Draymond Green uh, put uh, harder fouls on players than, than that. He kind of went straight up and um, kind of got his arms out there a little bit, but I don't think that was fr- uh, flagrant. And LeBron James just, you know, quickly put his hands over his eyes. You can tell something was wrong with him. But uh, during that sequence, when he shot that uh, three ball with 58 seconds left, as soon as he made that shot, you can see he looked at Steph Curry and you can read his lips. He said, I couldn't even see. I couldn't even see. And at the end of the game, when the reporters asked him about it, he said he saw three baskets and he just picked the one in the middle. Now, on the surface, you might think, okay, man, that's Hollywood. This is a late show. L.A., Laker Nation, late show, Hollywood, movie stars. You know, at first I'm thinking, come on, dude, you ain't seen no three baskets and and, and you picked the one in the middle. But, hey, looking at his reaction, you know, after he hit that shot, when he said that he, he may not have saw three baskets, but when he said he could barely see, I, I believe that piece, when he told Steph Curry that. And it was just a great shot. Some people say it may have been a lucky shot, but – that's what the goats do. That's what the goats do. You know, you know, Michael Jordan, those type of guys, they make shots like that, whether it was luck or not. And that catapulted the Lakers to that three point lead. And that was the, um, uh, how the game ended or the margin of victory for the Lakers, three points. LeBron James ended up seven out of 17 from the field. You know, he only shot the ball 17 times. And again, he just didn't look himself, but it was good enough for him to propel the Lakers to victory. I mean, the, the guy had a triple-double. What can you say? How many guys can you say didn't play well, didn't play all that well, didn't look himself, you know, may have been favoring the uh, the ankle, the right ankle, which I'm sure is still sore, but the guy still scores a triple-double. He had 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Some of those passes, man, are adept passes. Those are Magic Johnson-type passes. And... You know, not as good a passer as Magic Johnson, but I tell you what, LeBron James is is right up there in the history of the NBA as far as great passers go. So, you know, the guy, he was plus 13 when he was on the floor, ended up with 22 points, six of nine from the free throw line. So in the second half, LeBron James got it done. And that's what it's all about. Don't play good in the first half. You go into the locker room, regroup, gather yourself, and you come out in the second half and you ball like you're the GOAT you know, that you say you are. So moving forward against the Phoenix Suns, uh, you know, we'll see how that series goes. And I'm sure LeBron James will will play great in that series as well. Kyle Kuzma, um, okay, three out of seven from the field, six points, six rebounds, four assists. Not bad. Not bad. Plus eight while he was on the floor. So Kyle Kuzma wasn't a liability per se. Um you know, I, I would have thought he would score more than uh, six points. 
he's another guy that gets a lot of vitriol from the Laker fans. Uh, a lot of folks don't want Kuzma on this team next year. You know, he makes too much money or he's so inconsistent. I think Kuzma is a very good player and someone I hope that the Lakers will be able to keep along with some of their other uh, free agents. But that's another another topic for another show. Montrez Harrell only got 10 minutes in this game, scored four points. And again, that goes back to the uh, rotation that Frank Vogel has that at some times can be very, very questionable. You know, Montrez Harrell only 10 minutes. And, you know, against Phoenix, who knows? Maybe he'll play 25 minutes. And, you know, maybe Gasol will get more minutes against Phoenix and Drummond will get less minutes. That that center rotation is just not consistent to me. And as far as Frank Vogel goes, it, it you know, it took him a while to figure out that Schroeder just wasn't getting the job done. You know, he took Schroeder out in the second half. He brought in Caruso. And Caruso was balling, balling, doing up with 14 points and played decent defense on Steph Curry. You're not going to stop Steph Curry, but he played better defense on Curry than Schroeder did. And, but, you know, he, he took Caruso for whatever reason out of the game uh, in that second half. And I think it was early in the fourth quarter and put Schroeder back in who immediately fouled Steph Curry and who immediately was getting toasted by Steph Curry. And after a few minutes, I guess Vogel said, you know what? <laughs> Shooter's not getting it done. I got to put Caruso back in the game. And Caruso pretty much finished that game out. So moving forward against the Phoenix, you know, what is Coach Vogel going to do? Is he going to take some minutes away from Shooter if he continues not to play well and uh, put the fan favorite Caruso in for more minutes? That remains to be seen. We, we shall see what happens. So at the end of the day, the Lakers, again, it's all about winning. You know, you can win ugly. You can win pretty. It really doesn't matter. Just as long as you get that dub, that D-U-B, you get that dub. It's all that matters, and the Lakers got it done. So what happens now? They are the, uh, again, they are officially the number seven seed, and they will get the number two seed, the Phoenix Suns. And I'll briefly analyze that particular series right after this brief music clip. basketball fans just that quick musical clip is like that by run dmc probably my all-time favorite rap group back in the day as you all know i'm old school and i know you all remember that song but i tell you what uh, i first heard that song when i was in uh, little rock arkansas where my mom is from used to go down there every year hanging out with my cousins at the skating rink and they played this song they played that song i'm like my goodness I mean, Detroit is the music capital of the world, and normally when songs come out, you hear it in Detroit first. I first heard that song in Little Rock, Arkansas. Boy, I've been rocking to it ever since. Old school is like that, and that's the way it is. Now, going back to this um, uh, LA upcoming L.A. Lakers and Phoenix Suns series coming up, just a quick analysis of this. And uh, you, you guys know me. I'm, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a homer when it comes to the Lakers and the Clippers. If they're not playing well, I will say so. 
if I don't think they'll win a series or a game or whatever the case may be, I will say so. I'm not the type that, you know, just because I like the Lakers and the Clippers don't mean that they're going to win every single game or every single series. You know, just like that song says, it's like that and that's the way it is. But in this particular series, it has nothing to do with being a homer or liking the Lakers. They will beat the Phoenix Suns. I'm predicting like a four games to two series in the Lakers' favor. And, you know, just one of the reasons why is playoff experience, of course. LeBron James has around somewhere around 260 or so playoff games himself. He has more playoff games played than the entire Phoenix Suns roster. Chris Paul, of course, has plenty of playoff experience, uh, but I believe he's played in like 100 or so playoff games. Jameson Crowder has played in some playoff games. Other than that, it's really not much. It's really not much there. Simply playoff experience, I believe, is going to be the key to this series. Uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns, they have a lot of good players. Now, don't get me wrong. And, and one of the things that I mentioned also on the uh, the Lakers Nation clubhouse, on the clubhouse app that they have, um, they had a little segment where went around the room and said, you know, what are some of the things that you were definitely wrong about, whether it be about the Lakers, Clippers, or, or any team or whatever uh, situation may be in the NBA. And I mentioned that I was dead wrong about Phoenix when uh, in midseason, when Phoenix was still like the number two team in the West behind the Utah Jazz at that point, I was saying that there's no way this team is going to keep it up. You know, they'll make the playoffs, but they won't end up being a number two seed. They're going to fall eventually. But boy, was I wrong. This is a very, very good basketball team. But going up against the Lakers, I just don't think that they have the experience to beat the Lakers. Now, again, they have very good players. And outside of their starting five, I mean, they can they can throw some players out there uh, that that are very, very effective. And, you know, and of course, their big three, of course, is Chris Paul, led by Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to get plenty of MVP votes. He may not win it, but he's going to get MVP votes. Seems like whatever team he goes to, that team gets better. Of course, you have the legitimate, in my opinion, superstar on that team and Devin Booker. He's very, very hard to handle. And then you have DeAndre Ayton, uh, young guy, 22 years old, 6'11", 250 pounds. Now, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show that uh, a guy like DeAndre Ayton, you may need to play uh, a Drummond, Andre Drummond, more so than what you played him against that game against Golden State. DeAndre Ayton is, uh, you know, he's, he's not a superstar or anything, but um, he's a very, very good player and it looks like he may be coming into his own. And he's a big guy. 6'11", 250. So I don't think Marc Gasol can necessarily handle him down low. Neither can uh, Trez Harrell. So you're going to have to play Andre Drummond uh, more than you did in the um, one game against Golden State. Devin Booker, I'm not sure who's going to guard him. Lord knows it better not be Schroeder. You know, you may start off with uh, KCP trying to chase him around the, uh, around the floor. And then you may have to come in with a Caruso. But uh, Schroeder, if he's on Devin Booker, I'm sorry. Sorry, Laker fans. From what I saw in Golden State and the, the poorest defense that Schroeder was playing, you know, Devin Booker, just like Steph Curry, Devin Booker would eat him alive. You know, Devin Booker can go off for 40 points easily himself once he gets hot. And uh, then you got a Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Bridges, um, 
very, very good player. And then, you know, they can bring guys off the bench like Jay Crowder. You know, you got a Cameron Johnson from North Carolina. You know, Lansing Galloway, Frank Comiskey. Remember Frank Comiskey from Wisconsin. Number nine pick in the draft uh, uh, some years ago. Probably not worthy of that, but, you know, he doesn't embarrass himself when he gets on the floor. And, uh, you know, you got Cameron Payne that comes off the bench. He can give you some scoring. And Dario Saric, uh, he has his moments as well. He's a 6'10 guy who can uh, shoot the, uh, shoot that pill from the outside. So the Phoenix Suns, they can throw, you know, they can throw some players at you. But, again, I just don't think the, as far as depth-wise and experience-wise, they're going to have what it takes to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. Now, that series will start, I believe, is going to start on, I want to say, on Sunday. And delay, and it's, and it's okay because that gives, you know, LeBron James a few more days to, you know, rest that ankle. To rest that ankle, and he'll be ready to go against this uh, Phoenix Suns team. I know uh, on the um, NBA set, I believe on ESPN, Charles Barkley and those guys, Charles Barkley was saying that the Lakers simply want to win because they would rather play the Phoenix Suns as opposed to ending up at the number eight seed and playing the Utah Jazz. And he was saying that not to say that the Lakers were necessarily scared of the Utah Jazz. I believe the Lakers would beat the Utah Jazz as well in a seven-game series. But I think what he was simply saying is that, um, you know, some teams match up a little better than others. And the Lakers match up better against Phoenix. So the Lakers had incentive to win that game against Golden State won just because they wanted to be the seventh seed. You don't want to try you don't want to lose that game, end up being an eighth seed, and then mess around and lose to the Memphis Grizzlies because uh John Morant went off on you. And uh and Jackson and those boys for for the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies. So the Lakers had incentive to win that game. So it wasn't necessarily that they were trying to avoid playing Utah. It's just how it shook out. And uh, the Lakers in, are going to end up playing the Phoenix Suns. And Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh, Drummond, Schroeder, and Caldwell Pope, that starting five, I think is much better than what Phoenix is going to throw out there, you know, outside of their big three. And then the Lakers bench, you know, I mentioned that Phoenix has some guys that, you know, can come off the bench and hurt you. And, of course, the Lakers do as well. And I think the Lakers bench – is better than Phoenix's bench. You know, you got Kuzma. Kuzma's going to play better in these playoffs. I'm, I'm certain of that. Kuz, Kuzma's going to play better. Montrez Harrell, if if he gets the minutes, again, that's the the we question the rotation that <laughs> that Coach Vogel has. But I think Harrell will get more minutes against the Phoenix Suns in this seven gamer. And uh, Caruso definitely. Caruso is Caruso is kind of like the key now, in my opinion. I mean, this guy, he's hes all over the court, man. He's, he's, he's not a superstar or anything like that. He's just a very steady type player. Just a very steady type player. I didn't mention Taylor Horton Tucker in the game against Golden State, by the way. He only played six minutes. So I'm not sure what kind of run he's going to get in the uh, series against Phoenix. That remains to be seen. But uh, he only played six minutes against Golden State. And you still have uh, Keith Morris that you can bring off the bench. You know, if you want to bring in a Marcus Soul to, to uh, stretch that floor out a little bit. You know, you still have Benny Mack. You know, if Shooter's not, if Shooter's not hitting threes, and if that's what the game plan is, is to, you know, jack up some threes against Phoenix, because Phoenix is going to be running up and down the court. You, you can bring in a Ben McLemore 
and um, he can spot up and hit some threes as well. So that's what we have. That's what we have, Laker fans. Uh, Sunday, starting game one, seven-gamer against the Phoenix Suns, and I am predicting a 4-2 series victory by the L.A. Lakers. And as far as the Clippers uh, go, uh, as you know, this is a Clippers and Lakers show uh, or podcast that I have. Uh, you can follow this podcast, by the way, on Twitter at L.A. Courtside Pod. Again, uh, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings, DraftKings.com. If you want to place a bet on the NBA series, baby, just go open up DraftKings.com and, and insert promo code TBPN and place your bets. Place your bets on the Lakers or Clippers or anyone else you want to place your bets on. But the Clippers, uh, in my next episode coming up, uh, before the Clippers game or probably after the Clippers game, I would say, I will have an analysis on game one of the Clippers game against the Dallas Mavericks that will be played on Saturday. So uh, look forward to that, uh, Clipper fans. And again, all throughout these playoffs, I will be analyzing all the games between the uh, or that the Lakers and the Clippers have all the way up into the Western Conference Finals. I know I sound like a broken record, but these two teams will meet in the Western Conference Finals. And one of them will be representing the West in the NBA Championship Series against whomever they play. Hopefully it's the Nets. So one of these two teams can slay the Dragon, as I call the Brooklyn Nets. Also, look forward to uh, my YouTube channel that will also be called uh, L.A. Courtside. And um, it'll be sort of like a spinoff of this this podcast here where I'll be um, analyzing some uh, Clippers and Lakers games and, you know, uh, analyzing other NBA news and things like that. Only it would be on a YouTube channel. So uh, look forward to that uh, coming down the line. So, again, with that, folks, I'm going to leave you there. Uh, L.A. fans, you know I love you, and you know I'm rooting for the Lakers and the Clippers, and we'll see what happens down the line. Again, I'd like to thank the uh, Basketball Podcast Network and our sponsor, DraftKings.com. And also, remember that we're still in this COVID environment, so uh, mask up when it's appropriate outside. Even if you've had uh, your vaccines, still good to mask up if you're around uh, just a bunch of people that may not be your family and friends and stuff like that. Um, make sure you wash your hands thoroughly every day and keep six foot social distancing whenever possible. With that, again, I'm going to leave you right there. You can follow me also on Twitter at my, um, my, uh, personal Twitter account at LA Ray sports with that folks until the next episode, until the next game that the Clippers play and the next games that the Lakers play that I will analyze peace.